A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means that adult language is probably going to be present, just so you know. Hey there, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. And this is episode 53. Welcome, my friends. How we doing? How you feeling? Um, how's life? How are, how are you doing? Honestly, truly, you doing okay? Is you? Good, because I wanted to know. And if you know that reference, um, comment on the blog and let me know if you know that pretty obscure YouTube reference. But anyways, hi, thank you so much for joining me again for another episode. I am currently in Chicago at the Reformation Project National Leadership Development Cohort 2018. That is a mouthful, isn't it? We had a wonderful, beautiful time of worship and teaching last night that resulted in some really powerful moments. So thank you to everyone who came out to that. If you weren't able to join us in person or online, you can always go back and watch the the keynote from that on the Reformation Project's Facebook page. So go ahead and check that out if you want to get inspired today, honey. Um, speaking of inspiration, today on the podcast, I'm talking with one of my biggest inspirations in life, which sounds like totally fruity, I know, but again, look who we're talking to. Um, I'm talking with Jamie Wright, aka The Very Worst Missionary. Uh, Jamie has been kind of gaining some notoriety recently with her work on the Failed Missionary Podcast, where they're talking about the broken system of short-term and long-term, basically, evangelical missions. Um, where uh, she's also just released her book, which is called The Very Worst Missionary, and we talk about that in the interview. But let me give you a little bit of background on Jamie before we get into the conversation. About 100 years ago, like in 2007, uh, Jamie Wright boldly marched out of the suburbs and into a world of Christian missions, wide-eyed and altruistic as fuck. Uh, when she took on the title of missionary, she earnestly thought she'd been called by God to do something amazing in a faraway land, and though she was completely unfamiliar with the language, culture, and spiritual climate of Costa Rica, she sincerely thought that she'd be able to make a difference there. This was in part because she believed the lies that she'd been told by Christians, by, you know, hashtag the Christian missions machine, that all you had to do was show up no matter how unprepared or ill-equipped and that God would just do the rest because that's how it works, right? And then if you only helped one person or, you know, encouraged someone or blessed someone in some way, then it would be all worth it. But little did she know is that as she snaked her way through the Costa Rican customs and immigration to start a new life in Latin America with her spouse and three sons, that she was diving headlong into a broken system. So in this conversation, we touch on so many different topics. We talk about uh, being ex-evangelical. We talk about being on the missions field. We talk about queer folks. And we also talk about why the Southern Baptist Convention um, can't endorse her book, which uh, the answer may surprise you, to be honest. Um, a couple other things that you should know about her. Um, she's snarky and sarcastic. She's cynical to a fault. She says fuck a lot, like more than I do on any given podcast, which is refreshing to not be the only heathen on this show. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation. It's beautiful. It's very vulnerable. And then in the end, I make her cry. <laughs> so go ahead and grab yourself a glass of whatever you fancy. Oh, something we didn't include in the podcast before we jump into this. I actually, this is so funny. Uh, I emailed Jamie in like 2016 and asked her for an interview and never got a response. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I get it. Like, you know, she's a big, important, like, you know, first tier progressive Christian blogger. And, you know, maybe one day when I get up there, I can, you know, interview her. And then, uh, then at the very beginning of the podcast, we talk about how I asked her to be on my podcast again in a very delightful fashion. So go ahead again and grab yourself a glass of whatever you fancy. Grab a friend, sit down, shut up, and listen to me and my friend, Jamie Wright. Hello. Thank you for being on with me. I appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Thank you for asking and inviting me and having me on. I think it's cool. And that was fun. That was a fun, probably the best, most fun um, podcast invite I've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. um, I've already hit the I've already hit the record button. But can I tell can I tell the people listening how I asked you to be on the podcast? I think it's probably I, one of my better stories. Yeah, I think you should for sure. I think you should definitely say it. So. Me and my homies were at the Hawaii Christian Conference, not the White Christian Conference, because everyone thinks I'm saying White Christian and they just look at me funny. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 it's not that, not that kind of conference. Um, but it's, we're sitting in the room and I, 
I'm talking to Matthias and I said, you know what? I'm going to send Jamie right. I'm going to send her a, a, I'm gonna send her a video message. Now, context, I have had three gins at this point going on my fourth one. And they poured them really strong down at the hotel bar. And I asked Jamie Wright, I said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And then I, and then I'm just like, Jamie's not going to respond to that. And then Jamie Wright responds with a video of just um, emphatic nodding. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. that's, and here we are. And then. Yeah. Well, I like how you tell it. You're like, hey, want to be on my podcast? But it wasn't really like that. You were like. Hey, just here with my friends in the hotel with our gin. <laughs> like it was very, it was very gin filled uh, yeah. invitation. So. Yeah. Which I think the best invitations in life are. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Unless you're in recovery, in which case I support you on that journey. Anyway. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, anyways, hi. <laughs> hi. Um, I'm going to geek out for also for, for like 0. 0.2 seconds. Uh, because when I was a missionary back in the Dizay, um, I followed your work and I was like, holy shit, she gets it. And I also feel the same way about so many things. And then when I found my way out of it, I was like, oh my gosh, so did she. This is great. <laughs> I know. It's like this freedom. Yeah. It's like really. Awesome. Yeah. Where were you a missionary? Uh, I worked with adventures and missions. And so I did the world race and mm-hmm. went around the world and you know, did a bunch of weird stuff in the name of our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And uh, the entire time battled, like, my sexuality, tried not to be a, a practicing homosexual. Um, and then all of us on the trip who were struggling, quote-unquote struggling, uh, n- all of us are now out of the closet and, like, either... Now, on the trip, were you, like, struggling with each other? <laughs> I mean... Oh, my God. Uh, I... You know, I had like a, a, I would say kind of like an unhealthy relationship with one of my guy friends on the trip that I like, mm-hmm. um, I think it was kind of like low key codependent because like, I know that like, if I can just build a strong friendship with him, then I won't be attracted to him. But then like, uh-huh. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it yeah. was like, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't do that with a crush. Yeah. So it was, it was weird, but then, you know, we, we still remain friends and then he went off and, you know lived his best straight life after the race. So it's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I was just curious if anybody's like hooking up. Cause I always have my suspicions. Oh, oh 100%. It's like, there's no dating on the race. Okay, honey. Let me uh-huh, tell you. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. So that's funny. And then also, I mean like, you know, since we're in like the, I'm in the realm of uh, full confessions these days. Like I made out with a dude when I was in Serbia, some random guy we met at the pool. And so, and felt I love it. And felt terrible about it the entire time. And so like did this whole confessional thing to my squad mm-hmm. parents or whatever. Oh and my gosh. It was like looking back on it now, like I wish I would have just like quit the race right then and just like gallivanted through Eastern Europe. That probably would have been fun. Right, right. Instead of like living with all that like sh- guilt and shame heaped on you and that you're like in the field on people's and people are writing you checks and mm-hmm. Oh my like, god making out with Serbians. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's hard. That's a lot to carry. Yeah. It was yeah. weird. I think there's, um, me and Corey Pig are going to be doing like a whole series of LGBT identities for failed missionaries. And I'm so, I love Corey so much. He is a doll, a gem mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. remarkable human. So I'm yeah. pumped to be working with him for that project. That's cool. Um, well to dive into like, I'm not very formal in these things as you can tell, but I love that. For folks who don't know Jamie Wright, a.k.a. Jamie the Very Worst Missionary, um, if you could give us a snapshot who you are, what you've been up to, and um, what you're doing right now. And then we'll just go from there. Okay. Um, let's see. Who am I? <clears throat> well, I I was a normal suburban evangelical soccer mom with the, like, the bob haircut and the... you know whatever like the kids in matching outfits on easter i did all that for a while and um then eventually made my way into the mission field with my family my husband and three sons and immediately i mean like five minutes later was like this is a mess Um, i was like this is like this is a clusterfuck and um sort of struggled with what to do about that and eventually just started writing about it kind of honestly online um and that has parlayed itself into a career and a book. And so now today, t- 
today I launched my very first book, which is a memoir about mm. all that shit about like diet falling into the evangelical church and clawing my way out and, um, you know, mm. tripping my way into missions and running out <laughs> as best as I could. So it was, you know, it's been interesting. So I wrote it all down and now it's in a book. Congratulations also on the release. Thanks. It feels, it's weird. It's a weird feeling, but yeah, I'm glad. I, I guess I'm glad it's here and I can, I don't know, move forward. Yeah. I think there's, um, there was one of my friends we were talking. Um, so I wrote my first book, like when I was still like working for the missions organization. Um, cause we did <laughs> also, let me tell you like the, and I'll unpack this on failed missionary later y'all. So you can stay tuned for that. But Yay. we, um, I did their discipleship program where mm-hmm. I paid them money to live in poverty and share a room with nine guys. Um, and then they were going to train me to be a writer for the Lord. And I get it, There's so many finger quotes happening right now. It's very yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so like, you know, I wrote like a 14 chapter book in, I think nine weeks about just like my whole life. And then, but like, it was always, for, it was from still from the perspective of, you know, trying to be someone healing themselves of homosexuality and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. Like one of my friends said to me, she's like, you know, before I, I, and then like, after I, I came out and whatnot, like I rewrote the whole thing. And so I still have like a whole manuscript that's not published out there just because I needed to get it all out of my system. And yeah. I think it's because at least in my experience, just like sometimes like in order to tell the rest of the story of your life, you have to get this one story out of you and just mm-hmm. put it out there for, everyone else to have a me too moment mm-hmm. which is so important and i love mm-hmm. that i mean it's it's really really true mm-hmm. it's, it's that process of like how do we walking through it all and figuring it all out and putting it all together in something that's kind of cohesive and sensible and being able to look at your own story and see you know like where you've come from and mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i think it what was the hardest part about writing your book writing it <laughs> the actual writing process <laughs> like actually like being like i'm gonna go sit in my office and write a stupid book right now miss it's yeah and in managing just like life around that you know like real life and my kids are young adults and so that's like a lot of stress and pressure and um there's just like a lot of stuff going on in my life while I was writing the book so it was just kind of a an interesting process of being like I'm gonna just buckle down and sit in my office and focus on this big kind of obscure task and ignore all of the details of my life right now so but it worked out in the end and it got done. So I don't know. I can't really complain. I mean, you could, if you want to, I could, and I do all the time. Do you have any complaints you'd like to complain right now? Oh God. I always have complaints. Always, always. There's never a time that I don't have complaints, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't want to sound like an asshole. So that's my daily goal. It's just trying not to sound like an asshole. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's so much harder than it sounds like, I don't know. Um, because not to Enneagram speak, but to Enneagram speak, you are a five. Five, yep. Which, like, after I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, that does make sense. Really? Um, only from, like, only because, like, my only context for actually, like, getting to know you a little bit more is through, like, your blog and the Failed Missionary podcast. Mm-hmm. But after hearing you talk about the way um, missions is neb- negative or, quote, you know, mission work and white evangelical mission work has impacted the world in such a negative way. Like you have so much data mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah. ah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Me, me, I'm just a person who like, I'm an eight on the Enneagram and I just want to, I was like, I just know that it's bad. So I'm going to go like, you know, burn it down. If burn I it can. down. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to study this. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to read about every stories and I'm going to collect all the information and, um, and then I'm going to like sit on it for a long time while I process it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think being an Enneagram five has served me well in my life and in helping me kind of identify these, like these huge areas of brokenness that nobody's talking about mm-hmm. and just like kind of sitting back for a, a while and watching the people around me and, and just being like, this is fucked up like why isn't anybody else saying this is fucked up like whether it was the evangelical suburban church or you know getting into the mission field and just being like you guys are fucking weirdos <laughs> like all of that like just it was nobody else was saying these things out loud and and so being I, yeah i think being a five really it has served me well in that arena yeah 
Um, specifically, like, what are the kind of, like, fucked up things that you've observed about mission work, evangelical? And I know you said this other places, but I'm going to ask you because you're on my podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, missions, I, th- I don't, there's very little about missions that isn't fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. it's this disaster of, you know, white American wealth just doing what I, whatever we want all over the world and calling it good in the name of Jesus and, and using the most bullshitty platitudes on the face of the planet to excuse our just whatever, like our, our patronizing arrival in people's countries and um, all of the garbage, like the waste and the you know billions of dollars just down the drain every year. And we're like, you know what? If just one life was changed. Oh. Uh, 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 yeah. Nope. Or, you know what? It's just so much better. I mean, it just, it really helps the people who go on these trips. Like they're really changed. No, no, they're not. Nope. And you know, you know what? It's just really good for us to expose our entitled teenagers to poverty. Nope. Nope. It's not doing anything for them. (laughs) Like we just tell these fucking lies, just straight lies and nobody questions it and everybody applauds it. And, you know, so, so that is probably like the number one thing is like, can we just have an honest conversation? Can we just in this world of missions where all the language is nebulous and dumb and doesn't like missions, doesn't mean anything. Missionary doesn't mean anything. Like none of the, you know, if you're planting seeds, doesn't mean anything. Loving on people doesn't mean anything. Like it's just this random, these random phrases that we've pulled out of thin air to serve ourselves so that we can go wherever we want and do whatever we want and have the church pay for it. Ew. Yeah. It's gross. It is. I mean, like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, especially looking back on it now. Um, I, I think I was, I was very fortunate. Like when I came out and basically got, got pushed out of like the missions organization, thank God I got froze out of the missions organization. Now granted it was traumatic because that was my only community and that's the only way I knew how to do life quotes, air quotes mm-hmm. on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But then I also realized that like certain behaviors in those spaces were super, in hindsight, it's like, oh my God, I was being emotionally manipulated. You know what it was? I was actually watching The Path on Hulu, which is the show about um, the cults about, and like their, uh, one of their main people is like losing the faith or whatever. So his own journey, personal discovery, but the behaviors of people and how they manipulated their membership and like gaslit them into like thinking certain things or like having to believe a certain way. I was like, Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I might've been in like a low key cult. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's spiritual abuse. It really is. It's absolutely spiritual abuse and nobody addresses it. And in mm-hmm. fact, we do the opposite. We, the church tells everybody how awesome they are if they're involved in missions. Mm-hmm. And I nobody think, questions it. I think especially at, and this is at least my experience, like being in organizations like uh, World, World Race, YWAM. Um, I don't know any, of any other larger organizations who do like that kind of like similar like discipleship model. Right. And then we're going to like, we're going to send you out, even though you have like zero experience with doing anything mm-hmm. into the world. Like I look back at that. I'm just like, holy shit, I have a degree in music. Like, what am I doing here in Albania? I'm like, and not to mention, like, I was, like, dealing with all of my depression at the same time. And mm-hmm. I brought all the smokers out of the closet. Like, because I was, I, I, I think it's just, like, my need to be against everything. Like, mm-hmm. I bucked against, like, all of our authority figures. And so I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to walk to the corner store and I'm going to buy a pack of camels. And <laughs> so walked back, just went up to the roof where everyone was chilling. Lit up there, just like, oh, you're smoking. And I'm like, oh I'm like, and I was like, do you want one? And they're like yeah <laughs> so. oh my god we had an intern come down who um like three days before he got there his pastor sent an email like a really concerned email like hey hey, there's something i need to talk to you about like, it's really important um you know before so-and-so gets there and the coast um, Rica. yes this is in costa rica this intern he's like so it was an old it was like an older guy single guy just wanted to come down and help out and the, the pastor was like so gets on the phone he's like so um he's a smoker and he, you know, like we've told him like, Hey, you know, don't go, you know, don't do it out in the public. Like it's, it's, you know, we're, we're trying to be really cool with it. And we're just like, so, so they made this big deal about how this guy is a smoker. He gets down there and he starts telling us his story 
well, the first time I meet him, I'm carrying this big tray of food and I like run into him in the doorway and he was like, that looks delicious, way better than the food they served us in prison. And I was like, I hope it wasn't for rape. Like what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) And he was a super nice guy, but he was in prison for um, a ton of drugs, drug stuff, like big time drug stuff. And the church sent him down to this central American highway of cocaine highway, you know, and um, never, yeah, never said a word about his drug history where you could literally walk into any pharmacy and buy any, you know, whatever, any pain meds you want, anything. And, um, you never mentioned that, but they were really concerned. They really wanted us to know like that we, that he's a smoker. Yeah. That's the thing that you need to watch out for is this nicotine addiction. Y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It was well, so weird. It was so weird. So yeah, that's crazy, crazy stuff in missions, but I'm glad, I'm glad you got all the smokers out of the closet. Yeah. We needed each other. Cause like we were all just, mm-hmm. I think we all just kind of like, we smelt the bullshit and then, um, I ended up. I didn't finish my, my, my term on the field. Like I quit Mm -hmm. and there was like a handful of us that like quit right after I did. And so any, anytime we got together for like weddings, because of course, you know, people found the love of their life on the field or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that pisses me to fuck off is that they always say, you can't date on the race. You can't date on the race. And then like they, like they get like any couple that comes together on the race or met because of adventures and missions and like pony show them around and just like if it can happen for them it can happen for you barbara (laughs) and i'm just like for like i'm just like in hindsight i'm just like first of all you're centralizing not jesus but marriage and relationship and you're like making uh Relate like if you're not in a committed monogamous relationship with someone of the opposite sex, and then you have to wait to have sex until you get married, mm-hmm. or else, mm-hmm. or I else mean, your vagina is going to hell. Yeah, just your that vagina though. Just your vagina. Well, because God forgives the rest of you. That's everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, but your but your sex parts and a man's mm-hmm. penis is fine. But yes. yeah, yeah, no, really, it's just the vaginas. Yeah, oh my God. But it's <laughs> it's one of these things. Where there's such double standards. Uh-huh in general when it comes not double standards just shitty standards yeah shitty yeah the the bar is so ridiculous like it's just so dumb it's so dumb and nobody wants to say it's dumb Mm -hmm. like the part that disturbs me so much yeah like certain people in my squad i'm just like you shouldn't be out here you need to be in a therapist office right and you probably knew that within five minutes of meeting them Mm -hmm. you're just like oh you're you're a mess. You're a mess. You shouldn't be in the field. And if you go anywhere in the world where there is a like contingency of missionaries, you will find that a huge percentage percentage of them are just not like normal people. No, they're just not normal. But we just keep sending them. Mm-hmm. Like it's like we're inflicting them on the world. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's not like I want to like put a metric on what normal is or whatnot or like stigmatize right. mental health. But I want to say like. I feel like especially, I think it's like within Christendom, or at least let me say this, within evangelical world, we, as folks who, A, don't fit into our communities very well, uh, people who struggle with sort of mental health issues, but they're also super zealous, um, you know, at, you know, they just kind of like asked this person, was like, oh, you should go over there. Right, right. And and honestly, I'm not, I mean, mental health issues aside, I, I mean, I'm talking just straight, like socially inept oh, God. like people that are just so um i think a nice way to say it would be just quirky like you're just so quirky <laughs> like yeah, that is a nice way of putting it you know like i'm sure you have uh, there are people for you out there but but you're so quirky that maybe you're not the right person to put on an airplane and put in a foreign environment you know yeah. there's a lot of those people mm-hmm. that kind of like uh, you know just really it's like almost painful to watch them in relationships because you're just like oh god so and i know that's kind of mean but it's also like if you have a purpose and your purpose is whatever mission you've decided on like shouldn't that be taken into account like Mm -hmm. i know yeah it's hard that's a that's a word for it Mm -hmm. um so you've been working with Corey on failed missionary podcast Mm -hmm. which is smashing by the way it's so good, isn't it? Corey is, he's knocking it out of the park. Like, he's done such a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, amazed. The, the production value is out of this world. And then, like, people listen to my podcast and I'm just like, hey, listen, 
I literally just, I have a little bitty baby mic and I just hit record and then I cut, drag and drop in GarageBand because that's our right. budget, honey. That works. And honestly, like it's, as long as it's entertaining and good, easy to listen to, then I think people are fine. But yeah. Corey has really done such a beautiful job making Failed Missionary, um, like delightful. Like it's so, mm-hmm. it's so entertaining and it's so, it's, it just, yeah. it's propels, it moves forward. I love it. I think he's done such a great job. Yeah. And I feel like it addresses all the things that, like, we've all been saying. He was telling me about the numbers of, like, how many people are listening in. And I'm just like, well, I'm not really surprised, to be honest, mm-hmm. because, like, I feel like there's a population of us out here who escapes that world. And yeah, I'm trying to think, like, is, is escape the best word or is it that, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I try not to go ooky spooky mumbo jumbo, but sometimes I honestly think, like, it was a Holy Ghost moment that got me out of there. I 100% agree with you. I I, I think the word that I would use is delivered. I am delivered. I know it sounds ridiculous, but honestly, I feel like there is is such a gift. Like those of us who have been able, who sort of like had those moments, like the scales fell from our eyes and we could see clearly. Mm -hmm. And it was God saying like in whatever way, you know, like you, you get to, you get to get out of this. Like you get out. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think that's like a really yeah. Cool thing. Yeah. Is there like background noise coming from me or no? I mean a touch, but it's not really that bad. Cause I don't know what it's coming from. Hold on. Let me see in here. There's a little bit coming in on my side too. So it might be me too. I think like the air kicked on or something, but it doesn't matter honestly, because you know, people know, people know my brain is garbage. That's the thing. You know what? That's so smart. If you set the bar really, really low, eventually, like, you could just do anything you want. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's, like, my favorite thing about, like, who I, my online thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I get one-star reviews. I have, like, all these, like, shitty one-star reviews. And people are like, the one-star reviews made me buy your book. And I was like, thank you. Oh, like, people. It's just like, so good. Like, people who haven't actually purchased the book are just like, oh, yeah. no. Th- you tweeted this, I think, today. It was, like, the SBC said, we cannot endorse Jamie Wright's book, and here's mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. I could not have paid for better advertising. Oh, my God. That's so good. I'm just like, that, any press is good press, right? Oh, my God, yeah. But that press, like, you, that's exactly what I want people to see is, oh, guess who doesn't like my shit? All the good boys club. I know. Oh god, it made me so happy. I was thrilled. Oh. But did you see why? Did you read that article? No, I was on the plane, and then I had it's, to. Then I don't read the article. Do not read it. It will make you enraged. But I wrote, you know, sixty thousand sixty thousand word book on like just a memoir, right? So it's my story, my spiritual journey, you know, going from the evangelical church and into missions. And this chick writes. Um, this this article for the SBC for it's for their international missions board about how oh I you know Jamie addresses all these important issues of course but she's like she's crass and she's filthy and dirty but she addresses all these issues and we need to talk about these issues but we have to discount her whole book because there's four paragraphs in some chapter where she affirms gay marriage oh wait you affirm gay people weird. I- I have to get off the line now. I know. Like, I, I know. cannot eat with in the presence of sinners. I know. Well, you know. Oh my god, that's so. That's why. I'm like, that's why. Not that's because why. she's basically calling you out on all of your bullshit, but because she's she's chill with the gays. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. so funny. And it's literally like four paragraphs in this entire book, and she's like, "Well, now we have to throw it all away." That's it's so interesting to me. And like, I feel that's generally what it is. It's like, it just, it, it makes me so upset because I, I think about like the context of, uh, at, like ally people, people who come out as allies, people who just come out in general. It's like, it doesn't really matter what the rest of your story is. Um, because if you're not in line with this one little thing, which is like such a nebulous topic and complicated topic to talk about in general, if that's the thing that's going to like cause you to like break communion with somebody, like that's really shallow, mm-hmm. like really shallow in like mm-hmm. in the, in the whole breadth of the Bible and like, and like in light of who Jesus is and like came, what Jesus came to do in the world and like the continued mission of Jesus through his church. 
Why are you worried about that? Ugh. Put Seriously. me on the put me on the pulpit. Telling you, I'm ready. I love that. I know, right? And that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, okay, fine. You guys stay over there doing your weird evangelical thing, and we'll be over here being the church. Like, yeah. I, I don't care. It's just, it, I mean, it enrages me because I think it's such a bad. It's just so bad, but um, yeah. So that was that. That was that whole thing that I woke up to. That was like the first thing I woke up to on like a launch day, vacation day. Yeah, lunch day. That was it. It was like this weird SBC shitstorm of like, you know, here's this whatever that I'm some sort of apostate heretic because mm-hmm. I walked a dear friend down the aisle on her wedding day. I mean, farewell, Jamie. Right? Farewell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Works for me. <laughs> Works for me. Oh my god hilarious wonderful and terrible yeah like most yeah. things in life right yeah i think that's, that's true uh, i try to think about my life like back then but like when i was kind of trying to walk this middle ground of like being someone who is you know quote same-sex attracted and and trying to walk a middle line and it, it's, it's very interesting to me how many people will say that they want to love their lgbtq brothers and sisters but like for them, like they think that love will it for them, like they, they set up the, the parameters in which what love looks like. And I think it's, it's a very similar thing to like what people do in mission work perhaps is like, we're going to go love on the, this group of people and we're going to set the parameters of what that kind of love looks like. And, you know, if they don't accept this kind of love, then, you know, obviously like you know the holy spirit is not in them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just it's like shocking it's shocking to me mm-hmm. the weird like oh god yeah i just find it so disturbing but anyway mm. i don't know i just i'm just like fuck it go ahead you guys yeah. go 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 be the sbc i don't care go do your thing and the rest of us will just keep marching forward and mm-hmm. and genuinely like living alongside one another and attempting mm-hmm. to be christ-like in that yeah what i think is what gives me a lot of hope though well it's like honestly like testimonies like like yours is like yes yes all this shit has happened in the name of jesus yes the history of the church is not great yes like there is like uh perpetual like patriarchy uh heterosexism trans misogyny all across the board and yet it's like this person of jesus i just i can't i can't shake it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah i totally hear you i was just talking to someone about that yesterday where i was just like i just can't i can't let I can't get rid of Jesus. I can't let it go. Like, like Jesus changed my life and I, I just can't. Yeah. I I can't shake it. Just like you said, like I cannot get rid of that. I can't ditch it. I can't leave it behind. It's just not going anywhere. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, and, and I find that following Jesus is like the most um, noble pursuit of my life. Like, Mm. you know, just, just like, digging into like the things that Jesus taught and how he lived his life. It's the most challenging, most um, rich thing I've ever done and and difficult. It's hard, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's the most radical thing like that I've ever really tried to do with my life. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah. Same girl. Same. Yeah, it's like, well, and it, I think it's also because, like, when I look at all this other thing, all the other things that I could be doing, like, I was, uh, I, I had the opportunity to serve as Eucharistic minister with Nadia Bolzweber at White oh, Christian. I saw that. Yeah, fucking cried my eyes out because I'm just oh. like, I haven't got to serve communion like this since coming out, and it was like, I did not cry on the stage, um, but I did cry during prayers of the people. And also when, like, she turned to me and said, this is the body of Christ for you. Done. God. I can like, right now just thinking about it. Like, because that, that's the thing. And, like, I I remember specifically, like, when, like, if I, I finally got it. I think, honestly, like, it might have been the moment that I actually really became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Is after the Pulse shooting, uh, which I guess was a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Going on two years now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to a memorial service in a bar uh, that was put on by a Lutheran uh, Lutheran pastor, and I remember her giving like this really long litany about who the table was set for, and she named. She said, "It doesn't matter if you're pushing a shopping cart or you're driving a Hummer. It doesn't matter." Uh, what color your skin is, it doesn't matter if you have bags for shoes or you're wearing stilettos. And she is like, it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight or genderqueer or all these sorts of things. She's just like, this is the body of Christ for you. Mm-hmm. And it just, it changed my life forever to know. And I think that's the thing that like kept me going in the church was that moment of, it does not matter what the rest of the church has said about people like me or anybody else for that matter. Because if, if Jesus says I am worthy of his body and his blood, if I am worthy of the waters of baptism, I am worthy to serve my church in the capacity that I'm called to. And it does not matter if somebody has uh, taken six verses and just like, uh, weaponize them or take in Paul's words and weaponize them. And also something I was thinking about today um, that I heard on another podcast, I don't think Paul actually ever thought that his words would be canonized because oh, like totally. he was so hard on himself, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't matter what anybody has said about me because if, if God calls me worthy, you know, as Beyonce once said in a song, when Jesus say yes, nobody can say no. <laughs> exactly. But, and that's all it boils down, boils down to, right? If Beyonce says it, then yeah. we know. We know. Absolutely, that's canon there. That, the, the queer canon, put it in there. <laughs> but it, but it's that, it's that thing of uh, the person of Jesus, you know. Whether whether and this is something like I fully confess I don't know anymore about like this whole idea of, like the the divinity of Christ, mm-hmm. you know. And that's something that I also like is weird because I'm going to seminary to become a Christian pastor. Mm-hmm. Is like, I think one thing I, I wonder about is like even if I couldn't prove the, like, we can't prove it. That's the thing. It's like, I can't prove any of this shit. Like, you know, whether Jesus was divine and like, you know, immaculate conception, the whole nine yards. And I, and I asked myself one day, I'm just like, okay, like if Jesus wasn't all these things, if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, if Jesus didn't actually get resurrected, Mm -hmm. um, would I still want to follow this way of being in the world? Mm-hmm. And my answer was yes. And so it's like, yeah. and I I've totally also agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and the truth is, even if Jesus was a symbol, the way that up until his death, we, we used or, um, the images of, of lambs and scapegoats. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it was symbolic, does it have less meaning? Is it less meaningful for God to send Jesus in this and give us the symbol of death and resurrection? I mean, it, it, it still tells the story, right? It still takes all those thousands of years of history and all of those thousands of years of um, like ceremonial spirituality and brings them to like a crescendo that, that includes everyone. Mm. <laughs> like it's still so beautiful mm-hmm. and so challenging. God, that part, because like it does include everyone. Uh-huh. And that's like what pisses me off so much about the kind of work that like we have to do is like, because not only did Jesus die for my sins or whatnot, or because of my sins or whatever, however you want to put that. But also if the, if the table is set for me, the table is also set for every one of those goddamn missionaries at Adventures uh-huh. and Missions who kicked me out. Yep. And it's like heartbreaking for me to think I'm just like, God, you don't know how free you are to love people, do you? Mm-hmm. Or to love that them. Is, the... That is the hard part. That is the hard part. Cause I am like, like, fuck you, SBC. Like I, I do feel like mm-hmm. everyone else can just bite me. And, and that's obviously not, not the way of Christ, but um... <laughs> it's real talk. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard, but it, that, but that's the challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's the whole thing is that it doesn't really matter who you are. If you're following Jesus, he's calling you to love. Mm-hmm. And whether it's the ultra right concert, right wing conservative that is, has to learn that process, which means loving his gay neighbor or mm-hmm. whether it's the ultra liberal, whatever, like we also have to learn mm-hmm. to, you know, learn to, to love them. And it's which, so hard. Hell, who know who the fuck knows how that works? I don't know. I don't know. Still, still trying to figure it out. Right, right. 
And I, I definitely cling to that verse of like, as much as it depends on me or as far as it depends on me to live at peace with everyone. Cause then I'm like, well, if it depends on me, then, and I, and I, all, all I'm called to is live at peace with you, then I'll just not be around you. And then we have peace. <laughs> like, all right, I'm right? going to go. Yeah. I'll just peace out and then we're good. But, um, you know, so there are times I think where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to separate myself from this and we'll have peace and that'll be okay. But it is, mm-hmm. it is definitely challenging. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it was Reverend Gail Song from whatever her church is out in wherever she, Seattle. She, she spoke at white Christian and she said like, she said, I'm really not about, uh, reconciliation. I am more about justice first. And I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that like, I think that's why I feel so strongly about the things that I do and like the kind of work that, that we do is because if Jesus was the person who stood on the side of the marginalized and the oppressed yep. first and foremost, cause like, you know, he wasn't like, you know, he didn't walk into the, 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 the temple during Holy week and say, Oh my gosh, you guys, like we need to talk about this. No, right. like he came in and like with a whip yep, and like drove them out. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm just like, if I'm following the way of Jesus, like where's my table to flip? What is yep. the, where's the place that I need to drive out? the money changers in order so that the, 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 the temple of God can be a place for the people again. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it starts is like, it has like our churches need to be communities for actual people who have actual needs and not a country club for rich white people. I totally agree. I 100% agree with you. And that is exactly, I mean, given the choice, I'm always going to lean toward the felt needs of the, of, of the poor and marginalized always, like if I have to choose, if I'm like, if there's a burning building and I have to choose <laughs> between, you know, the, the rich white guy and the, what, and literally anyone else, <laughs> <laughs> literally anyone else. guess who I'm choosing. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I just, it is very frustrating, obviously to have to have these conversations over and over and over right. and over again and to have the people coming at you with the same, and they're all saying the same dumb shit. And you're just like, Ugh, I've heard this argument. I've heard you're dumb, like whatever your uh, arguments that I'm causing, I'm causing division and I'm whatever mm-hmm. I'm negative and I'm cynical and I'm this and that, whatever. And I just don't give a shit because honestly, like I'm not, I'm not here to preach to the Christians. Or to the, or to the like, you know, evangelical Christians. I don't care. I don't care. If you don't like my message, don't listen to it. And that's fine with me. So, As Jay-Z I put it, if you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Everything yeah. I learned from, I learned from, from, from Jay. That's not true. I learned some things from my mom too. And Beyonce. Of course. The truth. Duh. But like, that's the thing. I... I remember when, like, I started blogging and, like, when I came out and, like, because I was blogging for a while, just kind of, like, trying to do, like, Christian millennial faith and, like, still, like, <laughs> trying to be in, like, the, the good old boys club. Mm-hmm. Then I found out I was kind of a lady sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but that's a... I lost my train of thought just now. That was funny. Um, oh, let's see, you're blogging. blogging. Um, but like when I switched to just like talking about sexuality, gender, faith, and justice, um, so many people did like the same thing. And just like, I feel like you're just like being really negative of all Christians and just like not all Christians. And I'm like, bitch, I know I am one. I know not all Christians are this way. I know not everyone is like going into the other side of the world and ruining like local economies. I know not every straight Christian hates gay people. Mm-hmm. And also... Most of them, for the most part, have done a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And I, and if you don't like it, like, I mean, cool. Like, do you have anything else to say? Right. Guess what? There are uh, 10,000 blogs for you to read that aren't about this. And also, that, like. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's like, why are you here? Like, why did you, like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Like, if you just like, do you want me? Like, I don't have time to engage with you. Like, I've mm-hmm. got, because, you know, while I'm here, like, wasting my breath with you trying like that's one thing that just like 
I'm so gl- glad I stopped engaging with every single comment on the internet mm-hmm. because it's like if I engage with every single one of these people and try to convince them that I'm right because I love being right. That's my one of my biggest sins is I love. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't love being right? Don't we all? Truly. But it's like, I can't convince, it, I'm not going to waste my time trying to convince you that I'm right because at the end of the day, like, uh, my people are dying mm-hmm. and I need to go get them. I need to go, like, try and, and do some spiritual triage on them so that mm-hmm. they don't, like, completely just, like, you know, walk out on their own life. Yep. Absolutely. I, every time I get one of those comments or one of those people that's just like, you're, you know, whatever, you're so negative or you're not giving us solutions or you're just, you know, condemning everyone or condemning the church. Um, I, I just, I want to invite them into my inbox and, and just say, look, like if you could see, if you could see how people come and, and they're the things that they're saying about like, um, this, you're helping me not lose my faith. You're helping like, you're helping me stay alive. You're helping me realize whatever these things that I'm connected to God, that, that I don't have to walk away from the church, that mm-hmm. I can stay, I can stay in relationship with, um, with Jesus, that I can continue to follow Jesus and not participate in all of these like painful, hurtful things. Like if they could see that, well, I don't think they'd even care, honestly, because their, their agenda is so firm and so mm-hmm. rigid but um, I just like, I'm just like, okay, well, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm called to. I know the work that I've called to, and I'm going to just keep doing it. And if it's yeah. disturbing to you, I don't care. Yeah. That's, uh, I relate to that so hard because it's like every day there's an email, there's a DM, there is a, a Twitter, a tweet, a tweeter. Mm-hmm. A tweeter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From somebody out there who, apparently like something that I made on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like YouTube is like the most interesting place that I've been. I, I like, that's like my newest platform that I've been on and the number of youth that are finding these videos and like getting resourced so that they can actually talk to their parents about their own experiences in a way that is theologically, you know, you know, theologically sound to the conservative mind, which is like, I don't even know what I think about the Bible sometimes, but like, I know how to like talk the talk because like, that's where like the progress has to be made. It's like, I have to talk to you on your level before I get to all the mystic stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, if you like, it's, it's that, that exact exasperated feeling. I'm just like, if you only knew like what, what, how much you were hurting other people, Uh like, but like even even in that, like even if like we show it, listen, it's like hi, and I guess it's like it's evidenced by the fact that we have all the, the we have the data. This is how uh, evangelicalism, missions, bad theology is killing people. Yep. And like p- literally killing them, people are dying. Yeah. And and, it, and, in, and our inboxes are full of these people that are crying out for help or thanking people like you and me and so many of the others on the internet or wherever that are, are speaking up in a variety of different ways. And the other, the opposite side of that, the people who are just like, how dare you say these things? Yeah. How dare you? Well, it's a, such an easy choice for me to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Mm. Boom, boom. That's what I say. <laughs> boom, boom. Yep. That is uh, something I, I picked up from my sisters in 80 pie. Oh. <laughs> I was not an AD Pi. I was just, I am a SIGAP. Did you know that I was in a fraternity in my undergrad? No. All of this. I had no idea. It was so, so the other night I was working at the, at the restaurant and, um, some guys from like Emory University come in wearing their SIGAP letters and I'm like nails done. I have like a little bit of a face on and I'm like, oh my God, you guys are SIGAPs? Me too. And they were just like, oh, I'm, I'm like, they were not ready for it. So um, good. That's true. Yeah. Just breaking breaking barriers all over the place. There's the actually countries. there's like a so whole uh, like internet of like queer queer uh, queer Greek like Greek life organization people. Mm-hmm. Like we're so out there. Like and it's it's the best. But that's a whole another podcast for a whole another time. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's I so good. I feel like that's a that might be a good place for us to wrap up. Do you think? 
Sure. Yeah. It's your podcast. I, I mean, do, <laughs> do you have any other things you want to say to the people? No, I don't really, I, in my mind, there are no people, which just us, we're just talking and yeah. that there, that there are actually other people that will listen or whatever is, is kind of like a very distant thought to me. So I'm good. I'm good. This is a great talk. Do you have any compliments you want to just give to me? Yeah. Your hair <laughs> is, I, lo- I God, I love it. I seriously do love it. Thank and, you. Um, I'm also like looking at the jacket, like the way that you put your sunglasses on your jacket. Cause I have a similar jacket. But, um, I'm always throwing my sunglasses like in my bag or in my back pocket and breaking them. And I was like, oh, that actually, yeah. this whole time I've been thinking, oh, I got to do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's a, a friend showed me this and I also got some dope pins over here of like all my favorite oh my ladies, God. Frida and Frida. Frida and RBG, a Beyonce quote. Perfect. So she's here. And then David Bowie, which is like an honorary lady anyways. I love it. So um, good. Well, I would like to say a thing to you before we hang up. Um, I am personally very thankful for your work because in the moments, oh, shit, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to make me cry. I'm sorry. I'm already, I've been on the verge of tears all day. Well, I found your blog when I was in the middle of trying to figure out if God could still love me if I was, if I came out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if God could still love me, if, if I came out of the closet and to read your words about how you love your family so much and how you love the people around you, no matter the cost, because that's what Jesus would do, gave me so much hope that I was going to be okay. And when uh, your work does so much for so many people and I know that you know that but just uh, from friend to a friend I'm thankful that you exist in the world I'm sorry that you had to walk through so much shit Um, but I'm thankful for how God has preserved you and you know that you're using your story to like actually do some work that's meaningful and important and so on the days when you feel doubt, you can go back and listen to this podcast and hear me crying on the air to all the internet. But I, uh, I really value who you are and what you've done. And I am really excited to uh, promote the shit out of your book. Well. Uh, <laughs> I... <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, I, that means, means everything to me. Yeah, girl. I like you. I think you're, I think you're a good woman. Oh God, Kevin! Sorry, I'm sorry. Jesus, I uh, am trying to be a grown-up lady today. <laughs> Doesn't cry. I've been crying all day long because the book thing. Like, it's. I don't know how to do the whole like when people say nice things to you. Mm. You can you can tell me to fuck off all day long. Like, I can take criticism. You can tell me you hate me. You can tell me I'm gonna burn in hell. Like all day long I, I'm so cool with that well when people are like we love you oh, fuck mm-hmm. I cannot hang well my mama told me one time when I was really bad at receiving compliments and positive feedback she said just tell people thank you that's all they really want to hear <laughs> and so even on the moments when I can't receive it or I don't feel good enough I still say thank you yeah well and thank you mm-hmm. Kevin seriously and it means it's just so good to hear that, like, it matters. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, the yeah. shit that we're doing matters. Yeah. Wow, cool. Who wants to go get some tissues? Slash, who needs to go get a drink? Mm-hmm. I do. Me too. Great. Oh my gosh. I've done 5,000 podcasts and cried on exactly none of them. Yeah, yeah. So, I think I might title this one. Oh my god. The one where I made Jamie cry. You totally should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have a friend who's like obsessed with wanting to see me cry because it's just not a thing. This is not a thing mm-hmm. that I would normally allow to happen. Um, <laughs> so you got me. You got me right here. You got I'm me in the feels. I'm sorry that I, uh, you know, holy ghost moments, man. That's mm-hmm. one of those things. And I don't, I don't often do that or like tell people that I really enjoy their work. I think it's because like I try to like I sometimes, a lot of time, I try to play it cool with, like, 
people I know from the internet because like we always try to keep up this facade of like, oh, we're professionals, we're doing the same work, but just like, God, it's so fucking hard to like, because like even though like you know I'm the same way as you, just like people can tell me that like I am like a sodomite all day long, and I'm just like whatever. Um, but even though like I, I think as a as a like because we're in this business, so to speak, we have to develop a thick skin. Um, and something that Viola Davis said in uh, Braving the Wilderness, like Brene Brown interviewed her and she said, I don't think that thick skin works anymore. She said, I think that transparency and vulnerability are the only way forward. And I'm just like, God damn it. I'm like, I don't want that because like uh, my entire life, I have made it my business to, um, to survive because that's what we've had to do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so um, maybe we should all just try and be a little bit more encouraging. Because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and honest, I mean, honestly, this, it just, it means the world to me, and I'm super grateful. Yeah. So, that, it blessed me. You done blessed me right in my, right in my soul, or whatever. I don't know where blessing goes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the Pentecostal in me, honey. Well, I appreciate it. All right, now I'm going to pray over you in tongues. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Hmm. I have to go now? Okay, let's go ahead and we'll wrap it up. Can you tell humans um, on the internet where to, where they can find you and engage with you, where they can get the book, etc.? cetera? Yes. Um, TheVeryWorstMissionary.com is my space, but um, I'm probably more accessible on, like, Facebook, The Very Worst Missionary, or Twitter, uh, my Twitter and Instagram are Jamie the VWM, which mm-hmm. is stupid, but that's what it is. Um, and my book is available from retailers everywhere. So yeah. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's like in stores. Like you done oh, did the a, damn thing. You have a fucking book it. out there, Jamie. You have a fucking book out there. I know. I, like it is so weird to me that there's an actual physical book like on Barnes and Noble shelves. Yeah. It's out there. And people have been sending me pictures all day and I'm just like, holy You did a thing. Shit. I did a thing. I did a thing and I think I did it I think I did it with God, which is really cool. Mm. That was my conversation with my friend Jamie Wright, a.k.a. The Very Worst Missionary. You can pick up Jamie's new book, which is also titled The Very Worst Missionary, subtitle, a memoir, or whatever. Uh, pick it up wherever amazing books are sold. And also, a big fat congratulations to you, Jamie, on getting a book to hit number one on Amazon. That's pretty incredible. Like Number one in books and new releases and Christian memoir. And then also in, like I think, Jewish memoir, too, because you're also you know kind of a little Jewish. Um, that's amazing. And I'm really stoked for you. You can also connect with Jamie on her website, theveryworstmissionary.com, and then across social media at Jamie the VWM, which stands for The Very Worst Missionary. Um, also, check out the Failed Missionary podcast, which she does with Corey Pig and a host of other really cool people, and where they talk about the billion dollar industry that is missions and really go into like the problems that we're having there. I'm going to be on Failed Missionary in a couple months to talk about it from a queer perspective and what it's doing to the bodies, lives, and spirits of LGBTQ individuals. Who saw that coming? You know, talking about queer stuff on other podcasts. Um, yeah. So again, thanks, Jamie. That was fun. If you thought this program or this conversation was good for you, I would highly encourage you to do something about it. If you think that this podcast is helping people, if it was helpful for you today, you need to go uh, support this on Patreon. For as little as a dollar or a couple bucks a month, you can actually help create more queer and progressive Christian content that speaks to our real life and lived experiences. I've been doing this for over two years now, and honestly, it's not possible without your support. So if you're the kind of person who listens to the podcast, I'll wager that you're probably someone who also like goes out for drinks and maybe buys yourself lunch or maybe you're going you know to the store or something um so i imagine that you have like five bucks to throw around maybe 10 maybe 15 dollars that maybe you can give a little bit uh of your money each month to help support this stuff because uh, it ain't free this shit ain't free honey um it's time it's energy it's uh scheduling it's software it's all sorts of different things so i would highly encourage you if this is good for you if it's good for uh the world and 
you know you've got some extra bucks put your money where your mouth is or put your money where your ears are listening or whatever anyways i would love your support go to patreon.com slash the kevin garcia and learn what being a supporting partner looks like today barbara i think you'll really love it um and to all my patreon supporters who do make this show possible already you guys are incredible thank you so much and rewards are going out soon so if you ordered if you got a t-shirt for last quarter you'll see it in your mailbox pretty soon last thing um leave a review for the show like if you like it if you think it's dope even if you're not going to give on patreon at least don't be lazy and leave a review so we can get this in front of more people i'm trying to be as pop i'm trying to be the gay liturgist over here you know what i'm saying trying to be popular trying to be cool trying to be progressive and trying to get that followership baby so uh go share this with your friends share it with your mom your your daddy um or your daddy if you know what i'm saying (laughs) um and yeah, let's get this in front of more people because I really want to expand this conversation to be much more. Coming up in the coming weeks on A Tiny Revolution, I am very excited to share with you that Rachel Held Evans will be joining us, Austin Channing Brown will be joining us, um, and a couple of cool other people. I'm so freaking excited. Like, it's, I don't know. So uh, thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you to Jamie Wright for being on the podcast. And yeah, this has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. My name is Kevin Garcia. Uh, Now go take your meds. Go talk to your therapist. Call your mama, your daddy, or your friends. Um, Go eat dinner somewhere that's really delicious. Drink some whiskey if that's your thing. And if you're a recovering alcoholic, uh, drink something that's non-alcoholic that you also enjoy. Cool? Tight? Have some yogurt. I know, like, you think it's gross, but, like, it's so good for you. Those those, uh, probiotics, baby. We need that in our system. Anyways, I'm done talking. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.